Anita Engel with Metcalf Archaeological Consultants, Inc. Metcalf Archaeological Consulting, Inc. Tell me a little bit about that company. Well, uh, Metcalf is uh, celebrating our 40th year in business in 2020. We are a group of archaeologists, geoarchaeologists, architectural historians, um, and support staff uh, that go out and make sure that the path is clear for any oil and gas and a lot of other projects uh, so they can keep going with what they need to do. Yeah, that's one thing that people are probably unaware of, the archaeological role involved with energy development. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that in terms of, from a broad, you know, 5,000-foot view, how that came to be in terms of, you know, y- your know-how, but then also how you got involved in this. Sure. Um, well, first, what we are is um, basically surrogates for agency archaeologists. They just don't have the staff to keep up with the demand of how much, how fast development is going, especially in this state uh, with oil and gas and uh, wind and solar and everything else. Um, so what we do is we go out and um, we first do a record check to see if there's anything already known about that area, an archaeological site. And what we do is not dinosaurs, <laughs> but uh, archaeology, anything 50 years or older, um, human-made. Um, and we go check it out. Uh, we do a, a walkover survey, and uh, if we do find something, we stake it out and make the proponent, the client, aware that, that they have something to avoid or deal with. And in most cases, we do reroutes on the fly in the field, and they can easily avoid it and keep going, uh, which means they can build that well pad or the road, put up the wind turbine, whatever they have to do to keep going. Um, how I got involved in it is, uh, well, there's two stories there. I got involved in high school, took my first uh, field school, and fell in love. But my mom swears that it was when I was two years old smuggling rocks into the house in my diapers, and I just have been in love with <laughs> all things uh, nature-related outside. So, um, yeah, and uh, I've been with Metcalf Archaeology for 15 years now. Um, started as a project director and worked my way up, and now I'm the general manager. But some days I sneak back outside <laughs> and take some projects of my own <laughs> to get away from my desk. Sure. And how how long have you been um, in Bismarck? Or where are you from? Where, Bismarck, where, where are you from originally? You said high school and that or, sort of thing. Yeah. Originally I'm from Iowa. Okay. Um, transplant to South Dakota for my undergrad down to Nebraska for my graduate work, and then back to North Dakota. So, um, yeah, I claim pretty much all of the Plains states. Sure. (laughs) I I think a lot of people would probably find it um, unusual that the energy companies and archaeological companies, you know, work together, coexist together, that sort of thing. From your your, uh, standpoint, um, what, what type of relationship have you seen them have? Oh, you know what? Metcalf has really long-standing clients that are all over in all the sectors. Um, what we provide to them is an easy way to interact with the agencies they have to comply with. Um, the, the agencies need them if they're on BLM land or it's BLM minerals, Bureau of Land Management minerals that they access. Um, the companies have to work with that agency uh, to make sure that they're not hitting anything like 
um, biological too, like uh, Dakota Skipper, those sorts of things, endangered, which is bugs and bunnies, it's not what we do, <laughs> but just right alongside that is the archaeology. So we make sure that we, we clear it for them, um, and they appreciate us because we have such a, a close um, relationship with most of the agencies. We can call those archaeologists up, have a conversation, and in most cases, uh, get that project moving along um, quickly and the agencies understand what we're doing and they trust that the proponent is doing things right when they use us. So, How many different states are you guys involved in? You're out of North Dakota there, Bismarck, but uh, are yeah, you involved uh, in Wyoming or Colorado or any other states? Well, yeah, we're involved in Colorado and North and South Dakota. Montana, Wyoming, Utah, Idaho, Nebraska, Kansas. Um, sometimes we push down into the Permian um, when we're asked by clients, but we, we try and stick to what we know. Um, and so that's, that's our core. Um, we've got offices kind of spread out um, all along that, those states, and we just opened an office in Wyoming as that, that play is getting uh, ramped up. Uh, so now, yeah, we're in Casper. Oh, you are in Casper, huh? Uh, t talk yeah. to me a little bit about that decision. Uh, you know, a lot of people are finding that they either have to expand or contract right now. It's not quite like the downturn, but it's not $100 oil either. Exactly. Yeah, and we try and we, we try and serve our clients. So if there are a bunch of clients clamoring and wanting us to be in Wyoming, we look at it critically. We don't just jump with both feet into a new market and then try and figure it out, but we, we had enough um, enough clients trying to ask us and, and saying that if we were in Wyoming, they would be using us. So um, we, we decided to pull the trigger, and we, we put up an office front in Casper. Um, now, granted, everybody's in the field already, so that office is pretty quiet right now, um, but that's a good problem to have, uh, be out in the field too much. Yeah, really, that is a good problem to have, huh? Uh, talk to me a little bit about some of the shale plays that you you guys are in. Where you mentioned you're even seeing action down in the the Permian. So uh, there is sounds like there is a growing need for this particular, I guess, niche industry within um, energy development that people are still needing archaeological work, huh? It is. Yeah, we um, we work with a lot of the, the agency folk and with agency lands. So um, BLM and U.S. Forest Service are, are big ones. Um, so we pretty much where there's there's pet, public federal lands, we are there uh, to help them with their compliance needs. Uh, so we, we have pushed in the Permian, but we're in the Niobrara. We're um, just pretty much everywhere. Definitely the Bakken and Three Forks area. And um, yeah, and the, the uh, oil fields in Wyoming. Um, so yeah, it's, we'll go wherever we're needed, uh, to help. How, how about the digital world we live in the wired world, if you will, you know, you think of archeology, span you think of rocks, you know, you talked about bringing right. rocks into as a kid, smuggling rocks <laughs> indoors. Right. Uh, you know, we live in the world of iPads and, and, and the wired world. Like I said, how digital has archeology span gotten? It has gotten so digital, the archaeologists of the, the past <laughs> would probably not recognize what we do. Um, instead of using a topographic map and a compass to lead the way, we have GPSs, we have uh, iPads, like you said, to record and to monitor where we are in the field, and then if we find anything, 
takes pictures and everything else just right for us and GPS locations. Um, we use drone technology to map out areas and to recreate some of the, the cultural um, horizons that we find to bring them to life. They pop up. Um, we've done digital modeling. Uh, we use ArcGIS uh, to, to render those sorts of, of maps for us. Um, and our offices, we're, we're basically one big office at Metcalf. Uh, we're completely connected with each other. Uh, we, we share clients and staff and um, um, files online. And so everybody jumps together. And, and we're, we're before, back in the day, yeah, you were one person out there in the middle of nowhere by yourself doing projects. That's, that's not the way it is this <laughs> nowadays. How about working with some of the government agencies? I would imagine that uh, your organization would probably get involved with some re regulatory people. We do, yeah. We've got, um, on the archaeology side of it, we w work closely with the North Dakota State Historical Preservation Office and actually all the his historic preservation offices. Uh, we work with, closely with the tribes, the, the tribal historic preservation offices, or the TIPOs. Um, to comply with state-based regulations. We have a bunch of uh, federal um, partners, as I've mentioned. Uh, we're also members of professional organizations, um, that being both archaeology, American uh, archaeology associations, but also members of NDPC, the North Dakota Petroleum Council. Um, and we work with them, too, because we're trying to help their process and to, to have a voice and help them comply with what they need to get done with. Um, and so, yeah, we work with a lot of different organizations and have good working relationships with all of them. What do you want people to know, uh, kind of as we wind down here on this uh, interview, some sure. things that uh, kind of a takeaway, if you will, you know, people that, that you want you want people to know about Metcalf archaeological consultants. You know, what are kind of those bullet points that you, you, you try to get people to at conferences and whatever dinners and that sort of thing that you guys, you, you know, talk to people? What are those bullet points you guys try to make people remember? Well, we try and remind people that um, all archaeology is local to someone. Uh, we've recorded and shared the results of our analysis of of historic oil fields, like the Rangeley Field in Colorado, um, with industry folk. Uh, we, uh, oil and gas is in our blood, um, but we also try and share those results with everyone in the public and make that available to people. Um, a lot of firms that are already doing compliance work, paying us to go out there and survey, don't know that they could easily turn that information into a soundbite for themselves and say, hey, you know what, we, we did good. We recorded and made sure that we avoided all of the, the important things out there on the landscape. Um, and with less than 10% of the entire state having been surveyed for archaeological purposes, um, it's a great opportunity to say that they're, they're including themselves in the archaeological database and making an important difference um, in, in making sure that our state knows what we've got for resources, both cultural and natural. So Metcalf is, is right there and can help out with, with anything that they need, and we're looking for some more partners. You mentioned the word local to someone. I wrote that down. Yeah. I like that because, you know, it is. Everything is local yeah. to someone, and with 
the energy industry is so focused on local control. I would imagine that, I don't know if it's a piece of marketing that you guys came up with, or if that's something, you know, within the industry, that's, that's, you know, kind of your nomenclature within the industry, I guess. I don't know. Is that you guys local to someone or is that something within industry? I would imagine it works really well within the oil and gas industry. It does. I'm, I think uh, Craig Lee out of our Montana office coined that phrase, but oh. pretty much, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure actually if he picked it up somewhere else, but that's that's our motto is that someone's going to care about what we find. Um, we just, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's local, it's here, um, and everybody's really interested in, in what we do. I don't know how many times people haven't said to me, oh, I wanted to be an archaeologist when I was growing up. So, Well, I, I would uh, imagine, too, that uh, this can become pretty emotional for people. I mean, I, I've talked to some archaeologists in the past, you know, and they've they've talked about, you know, sacred rock circles and, and burial grounds and that sort of thing. So when you start bringing that into the equation, I, I would imagine that some emotions can, can come to surface. It can, and we try and be as respectful as possible, um, helping the tribes with whatever they would need. Um, and, and transitioning things, we've, you know, it, it happens in, in construction. You find a, a burial or a sacred item, um, and we just make sure that we follow the proper procedures of, of um, calling the, the uh, state um, group that, that handles those sorts of things, and they contact the tribe, and we, we're just very respectful and know that that's, that's someone's heritage, that's someone's past. And, and we know that those emotions are tied to that. So we, we do what we can to, um, to preserve that dignity of those sites and those individuals. Final thoughts without uh, me framing any question or me uh, doing anything like that. I'd like to give guests kind of the final floor that way or the final thought and the, the floor, so to speak, so they can either remind us of something or if they have a good recipe they want to disclose, that's fine too, or... <laughs> If, uh, you know, kind of, kind of whatever, you know, you want people to leave with. So the floor is yours. Okay. I would just like to remind um, everybody that uh, our development of this state is not just about oil and gas. It's about bringing in new families and expanding our urban centers uh, so that people want to stay and thrive in this community. And that means new transmission lines to get them electricity and working on road surveys and everything else. And wind, soil, oil and gas, coal, doesn't matter. We'll survey for it. So we're there for you. <laughs>